0: Just leave all that stuff at the end in Andy because it's chaos and people will enjoy
1: it. Your mom books!
0: Listen. This is your mom books. What are you doing? It's a
1: Doppler effect, it's science. Oh my gosh. We're educational.
0: I wish I could describe to you like the motion that Charlie is doing. It's like her body is perfectly straight, but she's just like pivoting at the waist. <laughs> like, like a Muppet. Uh, yes, like a Muppet. That's a really good way to describe it. I'm Charlie at Helberg. And today we're going to talk about – we're going to start gearing up for NaNoWriMo because – it seems relevant to this time of year.
1: Yeah, and Caitlin might even participate.
0: Yes. I am I am writing a book. Surprise. We're all surprised. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is what's going on. Here's what's happening. I have decided that I'm kind of tired of relying on other people for my income and would like to write books. And The way that it seems the most effective to do that and make a living is to write write some romance novels. And so I am currently working on kind of like fast drafting some romance novels that have to do with witches and things. I'm so excited. Thank you. Because I can't get – I don't want to stop writing fantasy, so I'm just going to write paranormal fantasy because at least according to the TikToks, I see that stuff is cool again. So – Yep.
1: It's hot and poppin'.
0: It's hot and poppin'. Your mom is hot and poppin'.
1: Okay, so what is NaNoWriMo? What does that stand for?
0: NaNoWriMo stands for National Novel Writing Month, and it is a month in which writers are encouraged to write every day. They write, I believe, 1,750 words a day. Is that right?
1: It is 1,667 words. Really? I looked it up. Oh, Yes. 1,600. What 50,000 in a month, and that means you have to write 1,667 words a day. Yes. Yes, because
0: 50,000 words is basically the minimum uh, requirement for a full novel, anything shorter than that, and you're in novella territory.
1: Yeah, and of course, like, genre matters. If you're writing a fantasy novel, 50,000 words is too short, unless you're me writing The Paper Magician. So it can't happen, but... For example, fantasy tends to be a lot longer and science fiction tends to be a lot longer, but romance novels tend to be shorter. So 50,000 is like a-okay for like a contemporary or for a romance novel. Yes. The idea is like if you can get to that 50,000, regardless of your genre, I feel like you can finish your book.
0: Yeah. You have written a novel. So it's great for um, first-time authors who really want that like extra push to achieve that like goal to be like, I finished book, right? Yes. I've done, and quote unquote, they call it winning. If you achieve the 50,000 words, I have quote unquote won Nano before. And then there was another time when I was writing that book Traveler that I've referenced before that I actually wrote, I think with Traveler, I probably wrote closer to 70 or 80,000 words in a month. I was really into that book. Yeah. And I have yet to be as into a book since then, so... I have I have hopes
1: I have finished a book in a month Um, I did not do it for nano I actually have never participated in mm-hmm. Um, when I first heard about it it didn't sync very well with my schedule like I was full-time student and also working or what have you and then by the time I wasn't doing that I could write books anyway you know, yeah. and be like, "Oh, November is coming around, but I already finished drafting something. I need to revise now, so I wouldn't do nano, and so I just have never done it. But I really support it. I think it's great. Actually, I didn't know this. Nano is actually a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and I did not know that.
0: Yeah, and they have a website. We should probably say they have like an official website.
1: It's NaNoWriMo.org. org. not dot com, which I found out this morning.
0: <laughs> which <laughs> and Nano is N A N O W R. I M O. So it's just
1: came to McFarland, everybody. Yes, I just
0: <laughs> I can spell out loud. It's a superpower. was
1: like you were, like you looked like you were concentrating so hard. <laughs> I
0: was, I was concentrating so hard because spelling out loud is the devil.
1: Ah, oh, it is. Also, I will never spell monotonous wrong. By the way, because that's the word I got out on in the spelling bee in seventh grade, but. <laughs> Going back to what we were saying earlier about word counts, one of the great things about indie publishing is that you don't technically have to adhere to any of these word counts. So for example, when, so the Paper Magician is 65,000 words long, still pretty short for a fantasy. When I was selling it, when I was on sub, it was 56,000 words long, which is really short. And 47 North was willing to take it. And I had another publisher from the big five that was interested, but they wanted me to make it longer because that's the standard for that genre. But if I were to indie publish it, I could make it whatever length I wanted. Though, again, I would not make it shorter than 50,000 words and sell it as a novel, because that is a novella and you will get angry reviews.
0: Yes. And I, with my projects right now, I'm aiming for about 70,000 to 85,000 words, which would be short for me. For
1: you. That's normal for me.
0: (laughs) I have yet. Yes. Yes, I have yet to finish a book uh under 95k, I think. So, and that Soul of Smoke I think is 95. And it might have been 100 when it was when it was in its draft form and I cut it down.
1: My longest book ever was my very first one, never got published, it was 167,000 words. Anyway, that doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. <laughs> so, Um, One of the things we wanted to talk about besides some great NaNoWriMo tips is how to actually succeed, how to draft that quickly, how to be productive during the month of November, which is a little tricky with Thanksgiving and those holidays and the children coming home for a week. (laughs) So we want to cover all of that, but let's talk about fast drafting and the productivity stuff. If you guys want to scroll back and get more information on drafting, August 3rd, 2021, we have an episode called Your Mom Drafts Strategies to Increase Word Count, Season 2, Episode 4. Okay, so
0: we're just going to go over some stuff though in case you don't feel like going back to Season 2, Episode 4 or haven't listened to that because um, the strategies have not changed much since Season 2. So when you want to increase your word count, I think the first thing that you need to do is kind of get in a state of mind where you have the expectation of yourself (laughs) that you're going to increase your word count. And some good just general things to do are, you know, sit down, prepare yourself, make sure you've got time. The most effective way to write is to sprint and then take a break and then sprint and then take a break. I have drafted 10,000 words um, in a day on, I think, three or four separate occasions. And this is my strategy. And I think the fastest I ever did it was in like seven or eight hours. I drafted like 11,500 words one day. And...
1: I did ten thousand in one day once, mm-hmm. and it was because I was at work, and so I couldn't go anywhere, do anything, and I had nothing to do all day. So I sat at my desk, and I finished, followed by frost.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what you do? So this is what I do. This is what like I've seen recommended in a lot of word count uh, increasing like strategy book things. So you want to sit down and before you actually start writing, you want to like kind of write down like a few specific points that you want to hit in your scene Mm -hmm. and then you just go for it and you sprint. And I would sprint for – I think I was doing like – I was doing 40 minutes on, 20 minutes off and you can adjust that according to whatever – and I would generally try to get between 1 and 2,000 words in 40 minutes, and I pretty much did every single time. And like the first time is the hardest, and you're like, ugh. And then pro- by the end, you're just like, yeah, I'm going. I'm going for it. I'm doing it. And that's why like a lot of times if you can get that high in your word count, you'll just blow right past it because you're like in the zone. So
1: mhm Yeah. And it's supposed to be Um, a few things I would add to that. So what I do is, so I'm an outliner, even if you're a pantser, it is a really great idea to just kind of outline or just write down the points of the next scenes that you're going to be writing. Mm -hmm. What I do is when I finish writing for the day, I actually do that that same day before I leave my computer, I will pull up the outline or I'll write down the scenes that I know I need to write the next day. And then I have the whole next 24 hours to kind of mm-hmm. mull over it and think about it. And I've I mentioned this, I think, in that drafting episode, uh, let yourself daydream. If you're just like the passenger in a car or something, just go into bookland and imagine it in your head. And it's just so much easier to write when you've already, quote, seen it, end quote, in your head. Mm-hmm. Also, when you do take your breaks, and I think the forty twenty is really good, get yes, up,
0: move around.
1: And move around and go somewhere else. Don't just like get on Facebook. No. Um your blood sugar actually drops when you stay sitting for too long and that's why if you've ever had a desk job, you know by afternoon you kind of get mm-hmm. chair butt and you get fuzzy headed. And so like get up, go up and down the stairs a few times, walk around, yes. go eat something. I definitely recommend eating during break and not when you're drafting. Um yeah, and just so you're doing something completely different. And you're getting a little motion in and getting your blood flowing and it makes it easier to sit down again when that break is up.
0: Yes. And I mean, 20 minutes is even plenty of time to like go on a short walk or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is one thing like when I – and also like, yeah, those are tips for drafting 10,000 words a day, which Nano does not expect you to do, right? Um, Nano is like 16, however, 17-ish hundred words, right?
1: About 1,700 words Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So – you can – and, like, here's the other thing, too, because sometimes that feels insurmountable when you're like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get 1,700 words a day? You can't – most people, like, if especially if you type a lot and you're a pretty quick typer, typist, typer, typist.
1: Typist. Yeah. Whatever you want to say is yeah.
0: fine. <laughs> Keyboard person, you can get 1,700 words in – an hour or two. Like you really can't get it in a really good, you can hit it in a really good sprint if you are not thinking too hard about it. And that's the other thing about nano. Nano is for drafting, right? You have to kind of turn off your editor brain. And if you're not somebody who likes to do that and you can't finish a book, me, (laughs) um, that's probably why. And so you have to, and then you just sprint through it you know, time to fix it will be later. And sometimes what I'll do if I'm having trouble, like when I'm being successful at actually finishing books, um, if I get to a point and I know that like I I finished your scene, but I know that it's technically like not quite right. It didn't quite go how I I had planned for it to go. Um, I will just make notes or like leave comments in like on the document that say like, okay, I need to fix X, Y, and Z so that you know, the scene points in this direction instead of in this direction. And then I will continue the next scene when I sit down to write again the next day or later or whatever, as if the scene went how I had intended. And then I'll come back later and I will, you know, make every, smooth everything out. So it all falls into line.
1: Yeah. And I do something similar with uh, research. So with Nano, you definitely want to do all your research beforehand, do your research and your world building. So you know what, you don't have to keep stopping to be like, well, how big would a volcano be? Yeah. But if I'm writing, especially cause I do a lot of historical stuff or historical feeling stuff, a lot of fantasy has a historical feeling and I'll be like, and then their picture went askew on the table and I'm like, Oh no, did they have pictures in this time area? And I will just write picture in bold And just keep going. Mm -hmm. And then when it is time to revise in December or January, take December off if you want, Mm -hmm. um, then I can go, I can search just for bolded terms and I can find all that stuff and then look it up and change it if I need to. But if you have to keep stopping to look stuff up, it's really going to hurt that word count, especially if you are crunched for time, which 99% of us are. Yes. Yes.
0: And that's such a good piece of advice, Charlie. And yeah, to do – like to prep beforehand, like maybe we should have (laughs) – so we've talked about how to actually sit down and draft, but maybe we should talk about like what to do to prep beforehand also.
1: Can I say one more thing on drafting? Oh, yes. Please. One more thing going off what Caitlin said um, about not revising. It really is important, especially if you're trying to win NaNoWriMo, not to revise. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to let it suck. Allow you and your book to suck. And even if it sucks so bad at the end that you never want to come back to it, if you finished, you just crushed that fear mm-hmm. of what if I never can finish a book? What if I can't do it? Mm-hmm. You just crushed that fear. And the next time you come around to a book, you're not going to be held back as much. And so just, just get it done. Like, don't be afraid of it. Nobody's got to read it. You don't have to send it to anybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you guys this too, because I am in this particular like trench right now or whatever. I have written the first, like, I've only written the first chapter and a half, which I wanted to be further along, but I found myself for the first three days caught in this weird cycle. I was literally revising the first three paragraphs of this story over and over and over again Mm -hmm. because it wasn't perfect. And so I caught myself doing that and then so finally the next day I was able, I was like, nope, ignore that. I'm going to start at this totally different spot. And I was able to actually get through and I got like 1500 words and I was like, great. Perfect. However, when I looked at my outline, I realized that um nothing had happened that I had intended to happen in that 1500 words. <laughs> and so it, you know, I didn't follow my own advice, then I went the next day and had to, you know, I revised it again. And I meant to then continue on in draft. But then, of course, I'd used up all my energy and my kids got home from school and it was like, okay. so that's how that is like if you're doing that, you are caught in the cycle. Recognize it. Recognize that you're caught and escape. Um.
1: Yes. (laughs) Also, you know, if you're getting stuck at a really specific part, skip it. Yeah. Start on chapter two. Start in the middle if you need to. Mm-hmm. Or skeleton draft the parts that you don't want to do. If you're really excited about chapters one, three, four, and six, skeleton draft two and five, and then come back to it later.
0: Yeah. And I will say also, I struggle so hard with beginnings. And so just like a special little shout out to anybody who's like me who can't get past the beginning. And the reason I can't get past the beginning is because I'm trying to like... Make it feel like the final draft for some reason when I know, like, I know better. I've been doing this for a long time. I know better. And so, just like the beginning is not going to be perfect. Your characters are going to come to life more as a, you'll get to know them more as the story goes on. You'll be able to write them better. You'll be able to write the magic system, like, all of that stuff. You'll get to know it later. It's okay to just kind of fudge your way through the first few chapters. Mm-hmm until you, and like by the end, you'll get it. And then when you go back and revise, yeah, the beginning is probably going to need more work than the end when you had your stuff figured out, that's okay.
1: Yeah. And you know, sometimes um, over-editing and going and being in that revision cycle can actually end up hurting your book. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just name this author. I usually don't name authors, but this is a very good book that I do recommend. So I'm I'm not trying to bash the book i do really like this book but there is a book called uh master of crows by grace draven Mm -hmm. um it is a saucy book um if you don't want to read about fluids don't pick this book up but um it is a very good book and what's really interesting so i feel a lot of authors when you like when i critique for authors a lot of times like their first chapter is like really uh verbose and almost purple and then they calm down for the rest of the book because that's the chapter that they're sending to agents and stuff Mm -hmm. and they want to make sure it's super good so they've revised it so many times and if you read master of crows you can actually see this in her writing Mm -hmm. where the first few chapters are very heavily descriptive and poetic almost to the point where it's hard to follow and then as you keep reading the book it just simmers down a little bit yeah And it just becomes much more, her prose becomes much more invisible. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting. So if you want to see a great example of that, definitely pick up this book. And again, I mean, it is heavily steamy, but it is a very good book. I really liked this book. Yeah. Um, But that's a really great example of that. And also, I know that it's like 10 minutes later, just in case you haven't been following us from the beginning and you're thinking, what is skeleton drafting? Mm. Skeleton drafting is essentially just outlining so I would actually just write out my chapter one in this scenario. And then chapter two, I'd be like, this happens, this happens. I know I want them to say this. So I'm just going to write in the dialogue for right. this argument I want them to have. This happens, this happens, this happens, move on. Yes. And then I would come back and fill in the gaps later. Yeah.
0: You could literally write like a summary, like a detailed summary. You could literally just write the dialogue, whatever that looks like for you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong way to skeleton draft <laughs> to skeleton draft the way that you like. Mm-hmm. So for prepping for NaNoWriMo, one of the things I do want to talk about is your time because time is valuable and you have to hit the certain word count to be able to do 50,000 words in a month. Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about, I am the kind of person who's like, well, I'm gonna do I' 16 six six one six, six, seven words every single day, exactly that. Except I guess I would, I usually don't write on the weekends. So I would redo the math to make it five days out of the week instead of seven days out of the week. Yeah, But you don't have to do 1,700 words every day if that's not what your schedule allows you to do. If you have a job or something that means that you have more free time on Sundays and Tuesdays, write more on Sundays and Tuesdays. Like you can just write 300 words the rest of the week and then just binge on Sundays and Tuesdays or from seven to nine o'clock on Weekdays, because that's when you have that time. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same time slot in the same way every single day. Cater it to what works for your schedule and know ahead of time when you need to do those different word counts.
0: Yes, I actually, um, and I can't remember this author's name, but there is an author who I read that she does, she does not write during the week because she has a job and she does not have time. On the weekends, she writes 20,000 words. So she does two 10K days that's on the crazy. Like I don't know if she does it every single weekend, but, um, and that's- When that's... I had
1: a busy job, I did that too, but not 20K. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Well, and that's way more than you'd have to do for Nano to yes. make it. So mm-hmm. Nano, I think you'd have to do more like- Twelve hundred words on the weekend or something. Twelve hundred and fifty? No, not twelve thousand and five hundred. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah,
0: not twelve hundred.
1: And if you have days coming up that you know I'm not going like, oh, normally on a Thursday I would write five thousand words, but Thanksgiving is coming up, and I know I'm not gonna be able to do anything on Thanksgiving or on Black Friday. Uh, my advice would be first plan ahead for that. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the week before. I think, okay, I'm either going to add a hundred words per day or whatever it is to make up for that. Or if you know, well, I have a lot of time the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, I'm going to get all that word count done then Mm -hmm. just because I do find it easier to plan ahead than to make up for it after the fact. Yeah, Especially because like Thanksgiving, for example, is at the end of the month and it's just going to be really, really stressful. Whereas if you plan ahead for it, it's going to be a lot easier. And then if you don't hit that goal, you still have time to make it up.
0: Mm -hmm. So I also wanted to touch on really quick how to kind of quickly structure a book. So say like it's October, right? I believe this is coming out on October 11th. And you're like, I don't like, I haven't planned on doing Dano, but it kind of sounds cool. But like, I don't have any ideas. I have, I'm starting from literally zero, right? So that's where I was with the, uh, paranormal romances that I'm going to be working on. And um, I just wanted to, I don't know, I guess quickly touch on some resources and stuff because you can, like if you have even like kind of an idea that you've been playing with, first of all, we have our generating ideas thing and we have our brainstorming episode. I think those are both, were those in season one or two? I think they're called Your Mom Brainstorms and Your Mom Generates Ideas or something like that. And I think they're one right after the other
1: brainstorms i think is season one
0: yeah it
1: is season one episode 15 and your mom generates ideas is season one episode 18 so they're very close together
0: okay yeah so those two episodes um i remember having a lot of fun with and We've also, I think, done stuff on structure, but just really quickly touch on just like a refresher for you guys that like if you want to write a romance, uh, Jamie Gold and Jamie J-A-M-I has a romance beat sheet that lets you like you can download it, put it into an Excel spreadsheet or a Google spreadsheet or whatever, and you can actually change like she has like the numbers of pages or the numbers of words that you need for each beat and it's very helpful to quickly structure a story, especially in a genre like romance where formulas are a little more acceptable. Because yeah, you're not going to be planning probably a massive epic fantasy in the next three weeks. Maybe you are. Maybe. But um, yeah, so that'll help you with your bla- basic plot stuff. Seven point plot structure is very helpful with your basic plot stuff. And for so that's um, Dan Wells does a presentation on it. You can find those on YouTube. Um, He got it from somebody else. I can't remember who.
1: Seven point plot structure. Seven
0: point plot structure. And for me also, what I find very helpful is to do a seven point plot structure for the main plot, for the big subplots. And then I will do them for sometimes for um, the characters and I will try to like kind of mesh. And then I find that like by doing that, I have enough plot points between all of those different things for a whole novel, even if it's like a fantasy novel or something that's a little more involved. So Yes, there are ways to get ready and gear up quickly so that you can start writing. And as you write, you'll also generate ideas that you can then note down and like go back and put in to the beginning later when you revise.
1: Um, Something that I think is really helpful when writing a book, regardless of whether you're doing nano or not, is writing the pitch for that book as if you're Mm. writing the back cover of the book or a query letter. Because when you have to make your ideas succinct enough to fit into two to three paragraphs as a book pitch, it kind of gives you a lot more direction, especially if you are a pantser. Um, It'll tell you like, well, I know this is where the book is going and the ending isn't included in a pitch, but you have like the hook there, you have the details about the main characters and the main gist of the plot. And that honestly just helps solidify it a lot. And even if you are a pantser, I do think, especially if you're writing specfic, if you're writing something that takes place in your hometown or modern world that you're very familiar with, don't worry so much about it. But if you are writing anything that is not a place you're familiar with, that is historical in nature, that might be fantasy or science fiction or other specfic like that, even if you are a pantser, you need to world build before you start writing because otherwise you're going to get hung up over and over unless you're really good at making stuff up on the fly like charlie is i can make up little things on the fly but big things i can't (laughs) um (laughs) so if you know the gist of what your world is like the even if it's just the basics of how your world operates, especially if you're going to have a magic system that is pertinent to the plot, you have to know exactly how that magic system works before you start writing, or it's just gonna be a hot mess and you're gonna give yourself yes. way too many revisions to do. But world building beforehand and you got three weeks, that's that's plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And doing any research you need to know. If you if I want to write a book that takes place in 1715 Scotland. I don't know much about 1750 Scotland. So I would probably do all of my reading up on that before NaNoWriMo started and take notes if I need to take notes. I'm a big note taker, but not everybody is. So I can be in that world before I start. And honestly, if there's a a BBC show or something that takes place in that time period, watch that. That counts as research, (laughs) you know. Oh yeah,
0: they did theirs. So you don't have to do yours. So these are all tips for streamlining NaNo. They're not something that you are absolutely required to do. Like I have already started these books, like I said, but the books that I'm writing, I'm pretty fascinated by the history of the area where I am right now. There's a lot of crazy history and like the Ozarks are kind of like Appalachia. I I don't know if I said that last time um, in that they have a lot of folklore and a lot of like, I don't know, like... I guess folklore is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And so I am, even though I am am writing I, and I've already started the plot and stuff, I'm still reading, like I found a book by a local author who grew up here that is fiction, but takes place here. I'm doing research on the history of the area. Like I'm still reading at the same time, but I'm making time to do that because this is like writing is what I do. And so I have kind of that ability or time or like to make time to do that I guess is what I'm trying to say and so if you do have a little extra time it is okay to just kind of throw yourself into it and keep reading as you go but do be prepared because you may run into something that messes up your plot or you know if you aren't prepared beforehand this is but this is all just advice to streamline your process it's not like if you don't do this you can't nano you know
1: yes yeah Yeah, we're just trying to make it as easy as possible, especially because November only has 30 days. Um, Another thing I think to keep in mind is don't be afraid to pivot. So something that keeps me writing quickly is when I'm really excited about the story. If you're not excited about your book, if it's not tickling your knickers, can I say that? I guess. (laughs) If it's not tickling your knickers, in case Andy takes it out, uh, Caitlin was just a uh, Centering my speech, like this isn't America. Um, <laughs> if it's not tickling your knickers like you want it to, don't be afraid to change something. If you're writing a book, even if you have it all outlined and it's just slow, especially if this tends to happen in the middle, it's just slow and you're just bored and you want something exciting to happen, Throw something exciting in. If you like, I've been thinking about this next book I'm gonna draft in 2023, and I've been excited for it. And all of a sudden, I'm just not that excited for it. And I was like, okay, why? All right, well, my main character is very template main character for me. And I think something about her isn't exciting me. And so yesterday, I did some brainstorming and I decided to change something major to her character to make her more fun for me to write. Mm -hmm. And you know, even if you're in the middle of the book and if that's the issue that you have, do what Caitlin said, put in, okay, at this point in time, I am going to make my main character super awkward. And she sneezes whenever someone says her name. Um, I didn't say that. You just put that in both. And then I know, but like, but like putting something in and then writing oh. the book as the rest of the book, as if that had happened.
0: Oh yes. I did say that part.
1: <laughs> so don't be afraid to change your characters. Don't be, you know, you're like, you know what, this is boring. I'm just going to have them randomly rob a bank because a bank high sounds fun to me right now. Go ahead and do it. You can make it work into the rest of the book later. I think changing to make something exciting, like if you were going to have a romance and you're not interested in in the main love interest anymore, change the love interest, move up the first kiss, do whatever you want to do to make it interesting to you. And you'll be more excited and more eager to fulfill your word count.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I will say one thing that Charlie does when she's outlining, and I think this will work for Panthers too, if you get stuck, what Charlie does when she's outlining is she first writes down a bunch of things she wants to happen. She writes down like her her like money scenes first, right? Like the first kiss, like the bank heist, whatever, right? And then she takes those and she puts them you know, she kind of puts them on her wall on sticky notes and then she fills in the things between them that link them together. Well, there's nothing to stop you from kind of just, if you get stuck, just stop what you're doing and think like, what would be really cool and make a list of things that could kind of uh, shore up your sagging middle or wherever you are. Yeah. I think that that's, yeah. and I will also say in Chuck Wendig's book, Damn Fine Story, he has a whole section about sagging middles that I found pretty interesting. He had a lot of good ideas. He talked about different things you could do, you know, somebody dies, somebody, eh, I don't know if he said falls in love, but he said characters make alliances, characters betray each other, somebody makes a mistake. Like he has all of these like things in his book that like would help you kind of come up with ideas for things to happen in the middle that are interesting,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do a lot when I'm outlining. I think, you know, I would love to do the classic, oh no, she falls into a cold stream and now he has to warm her up with his body. Oh no, one bed. Oh no, oh no, one the- bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, hypothermia. Literally that trope exists in, Um, I did the hypothermia trope in Soul Smoke. We've Loved all it. done the hypothermia. It's the best trope. If you <laughs> haven't done hypothermia trope. or oh no, one bed, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: What are you doing with your life? But yeah, like I'll I'll be like, okay, well, I want that to happen like 35% through the book. Then I think, okay, what can happen between where I am right now and there to get them to a stream and make her fall in? Yes. You know, and it's like, especially when you're like, well, I don't know what to do between plot points. There you go. Figure out how to get them to that stream.
0: Yeah. I would say coming up with a future plot point and then coming up backtracking from that plot point. Um to bridge that is also a really good if if you're pantsing, especially and you're like, oh, I think I want them to go here in the future, backtracking from that plot point to kind of figure out how to get them there from where you are currently is a really good way to to bridge that sagging middle gap. And like I'll say this about middles too, that I think because well, this is how my brain works sometimes. Maybe other people are better than me, probably. Um, Sometimes I forget that the middle is supposed to be just as interesting as the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I think we think of the middle as something to get through to get to the end. The middle is where the good stuff is. Like you don't get truffles from the store because you want solid chocolate, right? Like you get it for that good, good (laughs) filling. I love a truffle. I do. (laughs)
1: Your your face, you had, like, this moment of enlightenment on your expression. I love a truffle. Like, I just realized the meaning of the universe. <laughs> uh,
0: the meaning of the universe is obviously to eat chocolate. I don't.
1: <laughs> Guys, go, get, go eat a truffle and think about Caitlin today. Do it, but only if it's dark chocolate on the outside,
0: because those are the ones that I like, so.
1: They are. That's true. Mm. Because the flavor will then carry through yes. the middle, which is a metaphor for both. Oh my gosh! We did it, you guys. Um, on that- You
0: solved all your problems. On that
1: earlier- Oh my gosh. On that earlier note, um, if you were writing something like a mystery or a thriller that's supposed to have a big reveal at the end, plotting from the end first- mm-hmm can really help. If you know what that big reveal is going to be, you come up with that first and then you figure out how you can mask it and mask it and mask it to get to the beginning.
0: I actually I will say you suggested that as an episode before, Charlie. I think you should put that on our list because I actually do think that that's such a good and interesting way to plot that we could talk about.
1: Plotting your book from the end? Yes.
0: Do it. I hope you guys are excited.
1: I'm writing it down. Thank
0: you. Charlie does all
1: the... The only time I've done that is for magic bitter, magic sweet. I feel like,
0: yeah, I feel like sometimes I'll figure out a twist I like. So it won't be quite from the end, but it'll be like, oh, I want this to be the plot twist. And then I'll plot backwards from the twist.
1: Mm, I probably had it a little bit. I mean, I probably had it a little bit for Spellbreaker, but the ending yeah. still wasn't the first yeah. thing I thought of. Yeah, you know? my
0: ending's always vague, like, and then they're in love, the end.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, anything else? If you want to just do some like tips? Yeah, let's do
0: some tips. I feel like this whole episode has been tips. Tips for NaNoWriMo.
1: So some extra tips. Um, find a good place to write where you won't be interrupted. If you do have roommates or family members or something that live with you, uh talking to them beforehand and letting them know, hey, it's really important that I get this hour today uninterrupted, and work that out with them beforehand instead of the day of. It's a lot easier for everybody if they can plan for something ahead of time. And then know where you write best. If you want to write in your bedroom, if you have an office, if you want to go to the library so there's no distractions, or you want to go outside, plan ahead for the best place for you to write.
0: Yes. My tip is going to be, um, because I am uh, what I'll call work avoidant, in a pretty extreme way. Um, as soon as I can be so excited about a book and as soon as it becomes like, oh, I'm going to do this for work. I don't want to do it because I'm special like that. I love my brain. Um, so something that really helps me and you know, you're, you're going to have to like get your, get your first day of drafting down. Um, just take it very small steps at a time. If you're like work avoidant, like I am, um, or overwhelmed by this goal, right? So just open the Word document first or or even just turn on your computer, open the Word document instead of your web browser, right? Like that's goal number one. And then if it's overwhelming to start writing prose, do that little outline first, right? Do that little outline. Um, and if that's all you can get done the first day, that's all you can get done, but it'll be easier the second day to open that up, see there's already something there and start writing Maybe filling it in a little more, right? And then from that point, I always have. Sometimes it helps me to start with and um, reading the end of what I wrote the the day before because I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna read it. Like that's not too hard, right? It's not. That's not work. I'm just reading something I've already done. A hundred percent of the time, you guys, that I start reading something that I've already written like the last page of it or whatever not just the last couple of sentences but like you know a significant chunk of it I automatically am ready to start writing the next thing because my brain is back into it and you I can't help myself I'll usually tweak a couple of sentences at least but that it gets me into it and then it's easy like it just happens naturally and I've tricked myself into starting
1: yeah understand how your brain works Yes, that's hack a, your brain. It's good to know. Hack yes. your brain. Like, if I were planning NaNoWriMo and I was going to do this, I would know I need to plan my writing times from first thing in the morning and last thing at night because I know I don't write well in the afternoon. Like, yes. I just know that's how my brain works. Yes. Um, something you can do if it is getting hard, try switching between pen and paper and your laptop. Uh, sometimes that can really help kickstart things, especially if you're having a hard time, like, generating the words a pen and paper is naturally slower so you won't feel so much like you're lagging behind it kind of gives you more time to think as you're writing and you know if I were if I were switching in between if I wrote chapter one and two on a laptop and chapter three on pen and paper I would honestly I would take pictures of each page from my notebook and just paste the pictures in the word doc just so I have backups and just so I can see look I did this and I'm not gonna lose it If you have something like a Remarkable, they will actually take your handwriting and turn it into text for you. It's not going to be perfect.
0: Oh, yeah. And there's also an app that does that on the iPad too. Oh, is there? So it is called, and I don't know because it's what I use because I don't have a Remarkable. Yes. Okay. It's called Good Notes. Good Notes. Good to know. Good Notes. Uh, And I have, so I have Good Notes uh, and I that is what i use for a lot of my pen and paper writing i don't know if it will turn your written words into text i have not tried that but i do know that it can it's searchable by word um oh. i i have an apple pencil so i write on it with a pencil I, you would kind of need like some kind of device like a pencil or something to to write in it uh but it's searchable by words at least and so it's what i use um, so I'm not carrying out a bazillion notebooks anymore, because um, you can create notebooks within it, and you can like even choose your paper type, and like it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that is the app that I use is Goodnotes. Goodnotes five is the current version, it looks like. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Another thing, uh, accountability partner. NanoRimo will help you find like writing groups and all these things online that you can be ac- that will help you be accountable. But if you want an extra accountability partner, like do it. Um, There have been times where I've offered Caitlin, like, listen, I will buy you a Subway sandwich if you write a thousand words today or something like that. You know, like whatever motivates you, if you can find somebody and they don't even have to be another writer who can help motivate you and get you done. Like Caitlin wrote her first book because her brother would be like, did you write today? And did she wanted write today? to just write in spite of him. And you know what? If Spike gets a book done, great. <laughs>
0: spite is the reason for everything in my life. Yeah.
1: Another thing, if you like writing to music, I am a silent writer, but if you do like writing some music, make your playlist ahead of time. So you have at least an hour worth of of applicable music that you like to listen to. So you don't have to, again, stop to find something new.
0: Yes. Uh, And I would even say like, two hours is better if you can. And there are so many existing playlists, like if you have Spotify, there are so many existing playlists that you can just search on there. There are fantasy writing playlists, like, you know, there are like mood playlists, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's also kind of a great resource because I'm a music writer, right? Um, and I find that I most often listen to like video, fantasy video game music, like Jeremy Soul. I think it's S, o u l e i'm spelling a lot out loud on this episode um jeremy soul he is one of my absolute favorite like i just put like jeremy soul radio on love his stuff if you just need like chill
1: yeah skyrim music's great
0: Yeah, chill, ambient, not ambient, ambient fantasy music.
1: You know what my latest Uh, favorite genre is to listen to (laughs) is spa music, like the music you hear when you're getting a massage. I don't know why. I'm like, this is so peaceful. And it's so it's like low input to my brain.
0: Oh, I was gonna say because I don't want my brain interrupted. Like sometimes I can write to music with that has lyrics and I just kind of tune it out. But yeah, my favorite thing, and my husband always walks in and he's like, what are you listening to? I'm going to fall asleep. And I'm like, these are my chill (laughs) vibes.
1: But on that note, for a shameless self-plug, if you do want some instrumental music that doesn't have words to it to write to, let me tell you about three songs I wrote that you can pull up on your Spotify list. Um, The Long Hallway, Oblivion, and Enna's Wildwood would all fall into that category. Charlie Holmberg, look me up. Thanks.
0: I really like Charlie's instrumental music and as, Wildwood, and as Wildwood is on some of my fantasy playlists and I just really enjoy it a lot. Um,
1: one thing I would say that even if you do falter, if something comes up, you're not feeling it, whatever, and you don't hit your word count goals, keep going anyway. Stick to the routine as much as you can because it's better to finish at 47,000 words than to quit at 30. Or it's
0: better to finish on December 2nd. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: finish exactly. Finish on December 2nd. Like you're not gonna get the little the little plaque that says I won nano I mean, I'll make you one in PowerPoint. I will
0: make you one, <laughs> you guys. We should make okay. Should we make one from our podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your mom writes books says you still won. Yeah. If you finish the marathon two days after the crowd leaves, did you still finish the marathon? Yes, you yes, did. Yes, you did.
0: And yeah, we'll make something and maybe it will just be something that I wrote with my hand and it will say, my mom says I finished now, <laughs> My mom, Yay! my mom thinks I won. My mom thinks I'm a winner. Maybe.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Please make that and send it to me, and I'll post it.
0: Okay, but I'm not an artist, so it's going to be horrifyingly That's bad. That's what
1: makes it so great. Okay. Oh man.
0: I will do it. I will do. It. Remind okay, me, Charlie. I have,
1: I have one more, but I kind of want it to be at the end. So, do you have anything else you want to say?
0: Um, I would say I think that that was going to be my that was going to be my next one, which is just yes even if you finish on December 2nd, December 5th, December 31st, whatever, you still won. Also, any month can be nano rimo. Like November is the month where they make it a big thing and everybody does it, and so that's a great resource because you have a lot of people who are doing it at the same time, and that solidarity really helps your morale, really helps you kind of push through. But and I think they do do Camp NaNoWriMo in July, and I'm not exactly sure what that is because I've never participated. I don't, I don't know
1: either. I'm just going through all the months now to be like, NaNoWriMo, Marno MarnoWriMo.
0: <laughs> the end does not stand for November.
1: Oh, it's na- National Novel Writing. Oh, you're right. Dang it. No, I went to college.
0: That's okay. I support you. We're going to call it Febno <laughs> FebNoWriMo. Um, <laughs> So I learned
1: Febno Rhymo.
0: That's right, and if you did, then you're the extra specialist winner because February is short. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that would be my tip: is that you are allowed to not do it perfectly, mm-hmm. and if you can't do it in November, you are allowed to do it at a different time, and if you know some other writers. You got some friends and you guys are all kind of like, yeah, we're going to draft something sometime, but November is a weird, busy holiday time for us. You guys can do Febno-Rymo together, you know?
1: Yeah. Just remember, you can aim for the moon and even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. It's every elementary school poster ever. (laughs) Okay. The last thing I want to say before we wrap up with you guys is just remember why it matters why it matters to you. Why are you doing NaNoWriMo when it gets hard, when you get writer's block, when you get confused, when you get disparaged? Just remember, why did I want to do this in the first place? Why is it important to me to participate in this? Why is it important to me to tell this story? Why is it important for me to say I wrote the end on a manuscript? Whatever your reasons are, just remember them. Yeah. If you liked this podcast,
0: <laughs> <laughs> please rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Yes, we update every Tuesday, hopefully, (laughs) as long as the internet holds up for us. Yes, in the forest. (laughs) In the forest. You can email us at yourmomwritesbooks with any questions, concerns, or even episode suggestions that you might want us to cover. Yes. doesn't mean we're going to do it, but we will read the email. (laughs) Indeed, we will. Yes. So, oh, shoot, I need a pun. I think Febno-Ram knows, I can't even say it now. (laughs) What what did the woman say to the guy who was eating too much bread and it was stuck to his upper lip? What, (laughs) man? No, you have a rye, Mo. (laughs) Because it's rye bread. Oh my
0: gosh! Why do we do this?
1: And Mo makes mustache. It's hilarious. I'm so good at this.
0: Why do we I hope so- my husband
1: never hears that because he'll divorce me. Because my puns are that bad.
0: He is the pun king. We should get him on here. Did you do an episode with him while I was absent?
1: Yeah, it's your mom. Uh, your mom writes front and back matter. If you want to go listen to it, it's only like 25 minutes long. Yes,
0: enjoy enjoy the company of of one Jordan Holberg. He is he's pretty cool. I like him. Yeah. Okay.
1: I allow him to impregnate me from time okay, to time.
0: We're going to take that part out. <laughs>
1: No, you're not. Andy. keep it in. Okay, love you. Bye.
0: You guys, thank you so much for listening, despite the things Charlie says. I love, I
1: love,
0: I love. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're going to go. We'll talk to you next week. Oh,
1: ah! Okay. That we'll was so my phone. <laughs> no.
0: We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>